This episode of Luca's Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by PWCC. PWCC is currently running an unlimited free vault promo, which is running through July 31st through the end of the National. The vault is 100% free for all graded cards valued at over $50. There's no ingestion costs, no storage fees, and unlimited submissions. Just enter the promo code VAULT, V-A-U-L-T, when creating your submission to apply the promo. Exactly. Luca Nation. I was not going to miss the opportunity to get this on camera. We have a, a very special guest, a dear friend, someone that I know you guys are going to be amped to listen to and hear his thoughts, opinions, and all that stuff. If you haven't listened to this episode, please go back to August 2020 when we first had Left Go on. Uh, for kind of the OG days of, I think you had a Kareem, PSA 8 at that time, a LeBron. Seven. Uh, uh, PSA 7, my apologies, my apologies. But since that Good day, memory. I got to tell you, man. I That's two years ago, bro. It's, it's two years, years ago. <laughs> and, and if I were to invest in cards, some cards would have done well, some would have done poorly. But if I could have invested in Lefko stock, I think it would have outperformed every single other asset out there in the market. So I'm really excited to catch up, hear your take on what's Very going on. Very overvalued. Uh, we're not actually bringing in the revenue that uh, warrants that valuation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Listen, I mean, let, me, uh, let me peel back a layer of this on you. We'll get this episode sure. started the right way. Because on camera, for a minute, you just were filleted by the host. That was amazing. It was, it was, it was a great what time. I, I was expecting I mean, I, to get destroyed but instead i it was like a warm hug <laughs> but before you logged in it was listen the vibe i'm getting from lefko is you know of all the people we're gonna have on here he might he might bail on us he might not log in <laughs> so there, there you go so start that no, i'm a sucker i'm a sucker i'm a sucker you got me i you know see andrew i sat next to cage at a dinner and he was telling me the stories of of his litigation and, and tricks of the trade. And I thought I, I need more of that. Yeah, I, I was, more. I was, I definitely was. I told him if I could define what I did for a living, it was I priced human suffering, which is just a horrible way of going through life. <laughs> but that is what, what, what dinner were you guys at together? Collectible. But here was the best part, right? Is that how you, is that who you guys are sponsored by? Yeah. And they should was pay home. you more. You're doing a great job. They should pay you more. <laughs> I agree. I, I agree. We are doing a great job. I, I think they would agree with that too. But here's the best part. Sitting next to Lefko, for our listeners at home, I was able to talk so much and basically you know, keep him in his seat long enough. That was my goal because he was about to injure himself. And let me just – I'm going to set this up, okay? This was an interesting dinner. People were being called on. And we can get to that in a second, how you know, Alt was – Alt was represented. Andrew and had a plan. Andrew had a plan for this podcast. <laughs> no, and Gage is like, I need to tell a story. So <laughs> well, here's the story. The story goes this. Levko was about to get up and talk about the greatest safety and how great it was to have such a great safety. Well, you and then that Ed Reed was Brian there. I, I was gonna. I was gonna. Yes, I was gonna do that after I see. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes, to get to the other side. That is why the chicken crossed the road, Adam. Thank you. You got to the, but so, but, so now that it's ruined, podcast listeners, Ed Reed was sitting there, and this handsome chap was about to get up there and talk about the greatness of Brian Dawkins. So I saved him from being tackled in the middle of the dinner. There's my story. Lefko's a big dude. dude. Lefko's oh, a yeah. big dude. I don't know who would win that. 
Uh, I feel like I would, I feel like I would win early on because he would not be expecting it. But Correct. then if he actually got upset, the, I would have no chance. Uh, but it was interesting because Edry was sitting there and people were, you know, talking about the future of the hobby and they were debating, you know, whether or not you should be taking lending against assets and what's the future of vaulting and marketplaces and all that. And I'm just sitting there going. I wonder what Ed Reed thinks about this. He is just sitting there soaking up hobby talk. And, and you know how hobby talk is. Eventually people, they've been saying things in their homes for so long that they want to share it with humans for the first time. That's right. It was, it was clubhouse live, except um, instead of the rings like lighting up, people were just like, actually, and I was like, okay. Yeah, there was also but, like 35 people there, which is like five times as many hey, clubhouse. I'll guys. say this. I wasn't expecting anybody to talk. And I think um, I thought the whole week was great seeing you guys uh, hanging out with a bunch of different people, having nights like that, going out, playing blackjack, uh, trading cards, flipping cards, selling cards. I know that it's very uh, popular to talk crap about Atlantic City, but I thought that overall it was fun. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I'll know, hand, I see Lamim's roaches, and it's tough. I'll hand it back to Andrew so he can get us back on track because you know I'm difficult. You know this, Lefko. But you don't listen to our episode. You're a busy guy. I know you don't listen to our content. You might catch it here and there. But right after national, one of the things we did because everybody is you know talking shit about Atlantic City and everybody was talking crap, you know, hobby beef and you name it. Was I talked about some folks who we were lucky to have in the hobby, and you were one of them. Because, you know, I mean, you don't expect you to be you, honestly. You know, you're, you're on TV, damn it. And, you know, you come on the podcast. You know, you're, you're approachable, self-deprecating at times. You let me make fun of your Crocs without punching me in the face where, you know, you let me go off long enough. Andrew, I'm making Andrew, fun of myself. Everyone is, Andrew, everyone is at this dinner in, like, suits with no tie. <laughs> and I didn't change. So I'm there in an Allen Iverson red shirt with Crocs on. Bright red. <laughs> and i'm like man i am not fitting in no i appreciate you saying that um oh, seriously but, but but the the true thing is is i'm there for the cardboard and uh well you've been here two years that's how andrew started it off that's the amazing thing like i don't when you came in i'm sure people kind of had a sideways you know i like wow what's this guy doing here you know he's, he's talking about cards on tv how long is this gonna last before we have a the the left go collection slab on the PWCC mm. auction, and he's trying to cash out on his popularity as well. But it hasn't happened. It's so funny. It's funny that you said this. I got a text from my brother today of a re- of a reminder on Facebook from nine years ago that a movie that I produced in Louisville was fully funded on Kickstarter. I did a documentary about the rivalry between the Louisville Kentucky rivalry, and I had done it on YouTube at first for free because I just like making things, and. He's like, yeah, how many times have you watched that? And I said, I've actually never watched it. And he goes, why? And I said, well, I was working. It was the first time ever working with like an executive producer and a director. And I was helping get interviews and getting locations and helping with everything. And they released it early. They wanted to release it because both teams made the final four because they wanted to sell DVDs. And I remember arguing with them and saying, absolutely not. Like we haven't even interviewed Rick Pitino yet. Like we need, there's so much more to make this movie that can last a very long time. And they went for the cash grab. And ever since then, I, I 
refuse to be a part of cash grabs. Because for me, I feel like you do a disservice to the people that actually mess with you. Like my family helped fund that Kickstarter. You know what I mean? Like they wanted to see the full movie. And so I think you're absolutely right. We had a time in everything in the 2000, 2020, 2021, where anytime somebody got involved with something, it was a pitch. It was, you know, whether it was NFTs or cards or buy my lesson plan, you know, everything came with a price tag. And for me, I kind of came in and I was like, these are the smartest sports fans I've met. Uh, it's a way that I can invest in my sports takes and also collect the people that I like. And I find most people to be kind. And my, my dad said something because I took him to the last day at national and he had no idea what was going on. And there was one part where we're sitting there and I'm looking at Eric's cards from Buy Nice Cards. And he's got a lot of cool 90s inserts like rubies and all this stuff. And uh, Jeremy Lee is standing there and then Carvin walks up. And my dad is sitting there and he's meeting all these people. And I'm not even going to explain to him who these people are, right? <laughs> but Carvin and Jeremy start talking about the color of gold used for this one particular Playmakers Theater insult and why that pops more. Then Carvin's talking about, you know, Asian collectors and how they prefer gold and all that. And then Eric chimes in with something. And my dad, like, pulled me aside afterwards and he was like, you know, Adam, you could tell these people love it. Like, it's not <laughs> just about the money. They really love it. And he and he he goes to me, he goes, always stay with the people that love it, because that's the real stuff. And I was like, you nailed it. Can because I he came in there. Yeah, sure. Do you feel that that's happened to you? Like, so you got in 2020, right? You, when we first get into the hobby, we start asking people around this, you know, what do you do here? What about this card? What about this card? And you start buying for profit early on. At least that was my story. Now, here we are two years later. Do you think you've fallen in love with the hobby? Do you think you've fallen in love with the history of cards? Oh, yeah, that, that happened a while ago. I think for me, it's always been fun. The, for me, the, the fun wasn't money in the beginning. The fun was arbitrage. The fun was like uh, Kyler Murray should not be going for more than Russell Wilson. You know what I mean? Like the fun in that when I first got in was like finding the, the mispriced athletes. Like I got into Dame Lillard right before the bubble. He dropped 60 and that, and I was like, yes, I get it. This is what it could be. And then after a while, you know, there's nothing more intimidating than nineties inserts. Like you're like, so why does this one worth more? Oh, because we like that one. I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, but you just eventually keep asking questions. But I think uh, the thing that I liked about it was looking at sports from a different angle. I, I haven't listened. You talk about me not listening to your podcast. I don't really listen to any podcast because it's just I already know what they're going to say. Ooh, you know what I mean? Like it was just most most challenge sports are who's going to be good. Who's not going to be good. Uh, who's overrated. Who's underrated. It's I don't know. It's not that that nuanced. Four million podcasts. I, I've read a stat. Four million podcasts in America. And I think I, I wouldn't say all of them, but. Since COVID, there was a there was a ton, a ton of people that started podcasts in the space. I'm curious. So you're on TNT or Charles Barkley or Shaq, Candace Parker, Dwayne Wade. How do they view this industry? What do they say behind the scenes that some people might be curious about? I know that Shaq is the most well-versed. I mean, he was in it with Ken Golden back in the early 90s, making his own cards. Uh, he's got the one card I always bring up where it's him three times. And I think he came up with the idea for that card. Um, so I, I've... Yeah, I believe, it, 
I believe that was his idea for that photo shoot was take three photos of me and, and overlay it. Um, but he, uh, I've shown him cards and stuff like that. Not that big of a response. I wouldn't say, um, Wade, when I showed him the Fleer trio was when he got most excited. So him, Mello and LeBron very young. Uh, I think he reacted to like Mello's headband a lot. Um, and I, so that one, he brought it out. Candace, I have sent her, she invested in alt. Um, so I have, I have, I mean, I told her enough about it to where she was like, I do want to get into this space. It's just like, you know, she's the most busy person I know, but I've sent her cards of herself, like pictures. She didn't respond. I sent her card chronicle, no card collector Two posted one time, a picture of a Pat summit card. And I sent that to her and she was like, I must have that. So that was, and that's usually what it is. It's not cards of themselves. It's cards that of players they grew up loving. And cause that's, you know, the same as us yep. um, of themselves are like, these are annoying. I had to sign these, but of their <laughs> idols, they love them. You know, you guys had, um, all had a huge presence at national huge presence. You know, Did they tell me what it was like from your perspective? I think they um, – I see you guys as the young kids carving out a space in the hobby. Mm-hmm. Like the young kids mm-hmm. who love this. You guys work out together. I think last year's national that you guys did wheatgrass shots together. AG's traveling the world. Uh, I, th- I think you guys have a very young, eclectic, cool team. I want to know uh, what Cage's I- view was too because he's just sitting there being like – I'll okay. tell you. You know, man. I, I love this because you have balls. You'll ask me a question. It makes for a fun episode, so I'll tell you what I think, 100%. Go ahead, Andrew. I'm going to cut you off. No, so go. That's what, what you I talk, think, Cage. What I think is you guys have a plan, clearly, and the hobby's waiting for you to let us in on it. That's what I think about what you guys did. You guys clearly have something that you're doing, but for the life of me, I don't know what the hell it is. Mm. And I can't well, wait to I, hear because you got some I smart think, people there. Listen, that's so – and I, I, I had a chance to meet a lot of the corporate people in sports cards because like we talked about earlier, not wanting to be like a cheap cash grab. I didn't want to just like go and I wanted to be involved in something in the hobby structurally and foundationally. And I didn't want to just make it a cash grab. I want like I wanted to be with a company that was going to really grow into something. And every person that I met there was smarter than the last person. And they're they're just a lot of good people. So people first. Then, like, to be honest, product, like, you look at the user interface, it's the smoothest and it's not even close. Like, it's so much fun. Like, I got my PC in there. I got it in the vault and just kind of looking it around. The ideas that they're coming up with next that I'm, like, not even supposed to know about yet, <laughs> I just think will be a, an absolute blast. And just for, like, full transparency, I'm a creative advisor. So, for me, it's like having bigger conversations and how can we do this and how can we you know, keep conversations going and all of that. Um, But from the beginning, it's always been, listen, let's, they're going to figure out the marketplace. They're going to figure out vault, everything that, you know, people have seen. Um, But how do you make it frictionless? How do you make it so it's the easiest? And I traded a card with somebody and we swapped it in the vaults and it was like instantaneous and it was pretty awesome. And I'm going to request it out because I want to hold it for a little bit. So they're going <laughs> to ship it to me in their cool box. I'll play with it for a little bit and then I'll send it back. Um, but I think 
Mine's more of like the I, quarterbacks, right? Everybody goes to national wants to make a splash, right? Everybody was going to the mm. heritage booth. They stuck their head mm. in the mantle. There was a mantle ten. You know, people were trying to make uh, you know, noise. And yeah. you guys bought a shit ton of cool stuff or traded for, like, you know, without yes. really the details on it, right? Which is important, right? When you have one of ones or low pop stuff, right. you're not supposed to know what the price is, right? Because that's right. part of the story and part of the allure. A lot of that is Lior, man. Lior Lior was kind of like you have to understand, we we like talk about the quarterbacks, and he's mm-hmm. like, I like this crop a lot. And and the the cards that they have in their in the funds that are already there are, I mean, you have Steph Curry's logo, man, Giannis's logo, man. Like it's some of the nastiest stuff, like gold LeBron's, like it's disgusting. And so he wanted to take a bet on a trading, you know, a Steph Curry and a Kobe for this crop of rookie quarterbacks. But I think Right, but then me, one came off a sale, right? What, like the Trevor, yes, Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is for sale right now. I don't know when this episode comes out. Yeah. Um, it's in this auction, and I'm not even gonna lie, I bid on it and I got outbid immediately. I was like, <laughs> it was at like 70 bucks, and I was like, I'm in, um, right? So that's what I mean, Adam. Like, like you know, there was a, we're gonna get them all. Like, somebody walked me over, uh, um, chic iron, chic, right? No, you know, uh, he's uh, the man, bro. What awesome, a good guy. like nice guy. And he's like, hey, you want to see the cards? Check them out. I said, I saw the post, it's pretty cool. You guys, he's like, waiting all the quarterbacks. We and I'm like, okay, so they have something with the quarterbacks, or they're gonna do it, and then then one's for sale. So I just didn't yes. know like what whether or not there's some grand design, grand scheme, or it was just, hey, we're gonna buy these think, things and post about it, you know? Yeah, I think it's you know, like any um look, they have a full portfolio of different things that they're gonna do. Some of the other stuff they're going to create funds for to provide ease for people that aren't like us, that don't care about the cardboard to get access to this asset class. Then you have an, uh, an auction. And I'm just going to say right now, and I hope they don't get mad at me. You can get great deals at the alt auctions. I think everybody knows it. I think it's the worst kept secret in the hobby is that if you want a fire card and you're not going on alt and checking it out, you're doing yourself a disservice. Like if you don't go on there and just throw a bid just to see, like it might hit because people are getting good deals. Um, but I think the thing that I like about alt is they're just trying to get people to, to see what it's like, see how easy it is, see what the product is like. And, um, so I can see their, their marketplace is evolving and I think the auctions will evolve with it too. I get excited too, because I'll have my cards in there and it'll say somebody made an offer on an unlisted uh, card in your account. So like, I don't have a card listed, but somebody made an offer on another one. So I can kind of see what the marketplace is doing and all that. But um, that's cool. I think, I think really what they're doing, bro. And this goes to what you said about smart. They're not afraid to take losses to get lessons. And I think that what I've learned from Lior and, and Nicole and a lot of people there that are, are making great decisions is we, we just need to learn what our consumer wants. You know, at first you had to have all your money in your alt account. Now you can make a bid up to $100,000. And so, okay, maybe we were a little bit too much friction. We pull back a little bit frictionless. And I think it's not having one hypothesis, but more like, let's see what the hobby wants. Let's see what these investors want. Can we serve both? How can we also be fun and most importantly, like treat people with respect? Is so more the, high level. I just we don't, you know, I mean, you could talk about alt. I mean, that's your company, right? Yeah. So, so I'm gonna make give a me statement. a lot too much credit. Well, I I show up there and I go, "What's up, guys?" Well, that's good. <laughs> no, I mean, they, you know, I mean, but listen, I listen. You class up the jerk. No, but so here's hey. my, my take on it, right? So here, he, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I think you. You are someone who's known by everyone, right? And people love to hang out with you. People want you at their dinners and the whole deal. 
there are, you know, competing entities in the hobby, right? I mean, you know, there's competing fractional spaces. We have one of sure. them, you know, that sponsors us. There's competing auction houses. But the statement I want to make They're is this. People. I want to hear your, your take, right? I think that if you put, you know, the truth serum, what is it, the sodium pentothal, in the in the uh, into the bloodstream, right of Ken and PWCC and Alt and Heritage and all these guys, I think in a moment of sanity they would all be rooting for each other, because Absolutely. everybody wants the bigger pie, right? Everybody wants this, you know, fanatics money and more stuff, and you name it, and just the whole hobby to grow. It's not so. I'm listening to you talk about the great stuff about Alt, and I'm I'm thinking to myself. You know, I wonder if, like, Ken Golden hears this, you know, is he like, nah. Uh, like, I think he's rooting for them to succeed. What do you think? I think it is natural to be consumed by ego. And I think it is very hard to root for all ships to rise. Because I think that they are all competitors. Just the same way as there's a lot of great LeBron PC guys out there. If a rare LeBron came out, the competitive juices will start flowing. They're all happy that it surfaced but they're going to compete for it. Um, I think that a lot of institutional money came into the hobby and a lot of companies got built trying to attack certain goals. And I think over time there will undoubtedly be an attrition, but the names that you just said have been in the hobby for a very long time. And I think that they can all coexist. So Chris Jackson, who works at all, he was like, the young kid that kind of taught me everything about cards. And we'd be up for four hours talking about contenders versus prism and all this stuff. He said to me early on, he goes, you know, it's kind of your responsibility to help grow the hobby too. And I, I sat there and I, I remember being like, man, I don't need you to put that on me. Like, I'm just trying to do my thing, but it is all, uh, all of our responsibilities to one, you know, share. I think also two to be good actors and I think that if you go to another person that's maybe not in the hobby and we need to grow it and you start talking down about other people, you shouldn't trust them about this. And, oh, they're a trimmer and they're a shiller and they do. And you do that. They're going to look around and they're going to go. There's a lot of questionable players. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if I want to get involved with all these crazy people. I felt that last year. I didn't feel that this year. I didn't feel that either. I, I felt this year was a bit more collaborative. And we had an episode yesterday where I talked about that in how these all, all the participants all kind of figured out their niche and their roles. And there's much more collaboration than there is. These guys suck or these guys are doing it wrong. And I, I thought that was cool. I thought that was there's great. also less I internet. Think, so everybody had to be well, nice to each other in person. Mm, yeah. The, the internet bot being there was, it was huge. And I think like, it's funny, like you think about the alt instant pricer and how prevalent that is now. Like the amount of people that I saw with that blue graph on their phone of people just trying to scan it. And it's not that it's the best value, you know, it's constantly improving itself, but it, it gets past the first part of friction when you're dealing at a show, which is someone has to throw out a number. Someone has to throw out a number. And so what that thing allows you to do is to go, well, alt says this, and then now it's like, okay, we can go off of that. Well, I like it 30% more. But so often, so much of the friction is I'm afraid to throw out the first number because I don't want to be too high, too low. I don't know what you're thinking. Um, and so, you know, and then that could be a deal of a card. That Write goes it on to a PWCC. piece of paper. This cage is moved. Write it on a piece of paper, slide across the table. We talked a little bit about the this crop of quarterbacks left, though. You have, uh, you have the inside scoop that very few of us do, right? And I'm curious. <laughs> what do you no, I mean it's true. It's true. First off, your boots on the ground. This is your space. You know sports as well as anybody. Number true. one. You've 
a lot of people don't know the origin story of, of Adam Lefko. And I, I would really go back and listen to episode one, started in Nebraska, made his own content, like hustled, hustled, hustled. You see the tip of the ice. I was walking. My parents were walking down an alley. They got mugged, shot. I was raised by my right. butler. The pearls. His the name pearls is Alfred. Flew. The pearls, pearls flew in the flew. air. They were like, oh, uh, the one time slow I motion. fell into a well and I was yeah. surrounded by bats. <laughs> and, I, and it was a phobia that stayed with me. But obstacle is the way. I turned that into my calling card. Meanwhile, Andrew was created in darkness. I made the Andrew, jump. Andrew was created in a spaghetti factory by a, by Luigi. He was no one until he put on the beard. <laughs> you, you you like Zach Wilson though? Out of this cream, out of this crop of quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence. Yes, Trey I'm Lance, nervous. You're you're nervous. About All right, Zach so Wilson? I'll give you I'll give you. Well, he, well, here's the true thing. So yeah, because he has a mom. He's nervous about Zach Wilson. No. That's how it works. My guy, my guy Warren Sharp. I used to do a podcast with Warren Sharp. He's great at analytics and all that stuff. Good. I didn't he listen me to this it. book, which is because you don't listen to us. Best well, I don't even do podcasts anymore. Um, Best Twitter follow. But I, I read the chapter on the Jets, and it scares me because their schedule to start the year is absolutely insane. They play all four AFC North teams to start the year. So it's that Browns defense, Bengals, Steelers, Ravens, and the Ravens are first. And the Ravens are like historically incredible in week one. So it could get ugly very quickly. Um, I've told this story before. I, the reason I'm high on Zach Wilson is I used to do a pod with Chris Sims. And – I was there when he said coming out of the draft that Pat Mahomes would be the next Brett Favre when people didn't even think he should be a first-round pick because he went to Texas Tech. He was high on Josh Allen when all the media it's thought funny, he was right? inaccurate. Sims was a Texas guy, right? He wasn't even a Tech guy, so it wasn't even being a homer. Oh, the, the, Sims is more concerned with being right than he is with any of that nonsense. Um, because you have to understand, we did a podcast for five years where we didn't think anybody gave us any credit, and so we just wanted to be right, and we would remind <laughs> you. Um, and he was right about Lamar and he was right about all these guys, uh, that I never got, I wasn't in the hobby for. And I always said the next time that he's high on a quarterback that, because he was super high on Herbert, but by the time Herbert's cards came out, they were already selling for crazy prices. Cause we all saw it his rookie year. And so this is the first time where he's, he was super high on Zach Wilson and the market was not that high on Zach Wilson. So I, I made a play. Um, because what the thing that Sims has always been good at evaluating compared to other people is the importance of arm strength and the ease in which to throw the football. I will say this. The other guy that I think has a monster year is Mac Jones. And I think that Mac on unfavorably is being kind of seen as a check down guy. And I think it all goes back to that Monday night football game where it was like 60 mile per hour wins and they threw it two times and I think people saw that as a slight on him, but I have a feeling, even with those lack of weapons, he's going to be great. I still think Trey Lance. Right? Yeah, but anyone that's drafted Devontae Parker in fantasy knows you're going to get him for like five games, and you don't know when they're going to be. And they're going to be great. I covered Devontae Parker in Louisville. It was Teddy Bridgewater and Devontae Parker. They went to the Sugar Bowl and beat Florida when no one expected it, which is the reason I'm a huge Teddy Bridgewater fan. But, yeah, I think – um I, I like Zach. I like these quarterbacks. And you know, I love Jalen Hurts. And I think the Eagles, the more that I think about it, it I think that dip, they're like an 11, 12 win team. I think they're I a 12 you, win I, team. I, hate, I don't think Hurts long term, but for this season, I yes. think Hurts might have the easiest division winning team. The Eagles have the second easiest schedule in the NFL. 
He wins they, the division, and his cards will be. I mean, they're ready. They're ready. You know, run up a little. They bit. were the number one rushing team in the history of the NFL last year. In the history, granted, yeah. they played seventeen games. They have the best. <laughs> I think they have the best offensive line in the NFL. I think yep. they have the deepest D line in the NFL. And I just think that the Cowboys took a huge step back. I yep. still don't trust Daniel Jones, and I, the Washington, whatever, have Carson Wentz. Cowboys so, have no wide receivers either. None. They traded away Cooper, and their other guys are all injured now. Right, and Ezekiel Trayvon Diggs get, is getting burned in get training like, camp. You get like four, you get four games out of Elliott. He did the old okie doke. You know, he's going to take his money and run. He won't be the starting running back past week six. The Giants are not horrible, but that's about the best I could say about them. Yeah. Washington's going to Washington. I mean, the Eagles. You're right. 12, 12 and five, 13 and four. I mean, they have an easy schedule. Well, now you're getting crazy. Now you're getting crazy. Just because of the division. Seriously, just because of the division, they're going to beat up on their division. I mean, that's we'll half, see. half the. Win I haven't right seen. Jalen Hurts has never beaten the Cowboys, so I'm a little bit worried. He'll he plays like year. crap when he plays. No, he'll beat him this year. The Cowboys are not. But Goldberg, that's my that's some of my quarterback breakdowns. Well, so I'm curious. And people you... are sleeping on Mahomes. All right. Yes. Like people are sleeping on Mahomes right now. But talking about sleeping on that, we had an episode this week, and one thing that I noticed at National was these influencers buying the Trey Lances, showing them to the camera, all that stuff. But then I'm like sleeping on like. What about Aaron Rodgers? Like his cards are pennies on the dollar compared to some of these guys we prospect on. He's still playing, so don't even, like. Let's not. You, you want to see worse than Aaron Rodgers? Like Matt Stafford's are like dirt cheap, and it's Injured. it's insane. I know, but, but this was before the tendonitis. Um, oh, I tendonitis when, in the off season. Yeah, I have to do a I have to do a video a stream thing for Bleacher Report tomorrow um, to figure out who is the second goat of all time. If Tom Brady's the first, who's second? And I got a list and there's, you know, like seven quarterbacks. I got a bunch of, you know, Jerry Rice, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Randy Moss, all these guys. Aaron Rodgers made the top 20. I mean, Aaron Rodgers at in that MVP year, Once not arguably had the greatest quarterback season. Oh, Montana's on the list. Of course, Manning's on the list. But I'm saying like Aaron Rodgers is up there because he's one of the most talented. His touchdown to interception ratio yeah is disgusting. Yeah, disgusting. it's amazing. He plays almost mistake-free football, but he's not the best quarterback to ever play for his no, own franchise. No. But you got to you, – you're not everybody – I mean, you got to – in his own franchise. He's better than Brett Favre. Mm-mm. He is. No, if you you're going to say so? – if you're going to put uh, Rodgers up there because of his one sick year, Brett Favre had three sick years in a row. Cage, no I'm not one even, touched him. Hold on, Aaron Rodgers just won back-to-back MVPs, and I'm not even talking Drop about it on those Do you, do you know how many Favre won in a row? I get it. I get it. But I'm just and, saying that I'm saying that this is if you were going to compare Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, one's a mistake. One makes no mistakes. I get exactly. it. Exactly. I get and that's it. That's all. And, and, but I would say they both it. have incredible arm talent. I would say that different league. Um, different league they weren't throwing as much when Favre was playing it didn't start yet that craziness and yes Rodgers plays mistake-free football he gets the ball down the field the question is is would Brett Favre have would Brett Favre have had a better second half of his career if he went to Peru and did ayahuasca that's the and real did question. Did it be Jen Selter? Is that her name? I don't know. There was somebody. Uh, See, you didn't need to go that way. Like, uh, we, I'm going off news. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> just said he did ayahuasca. He, yeah, I he, saw. You know, you're did bringing up really? like all over ESPN. All over ESPN. Yeah. He, he did ayahuasca and then came back as the, the world was being shut down from pandemic and then won two MVPs. Yeah. 
And then he does the ghee stuff. He puts like butter up. His Do you know how good I don't know what this podcast would be if <laughs> if Cage went and did ayahuasca and came oh, back? I invited him to here's the thing: I would never come years. back. I would just I invited stay him for on two it. years to eat toads and stuff. That's so what Cage, he says. You'd, you'd be like, you'd be like, I have a family. Not anymore. <laughs> no, I live in the forest now. I live, yeah, I'm one with the trees. Lefko, what I loved about your national experience, you were always there. Like, you know, like, I think of you as a celebrity. I think the hobby does as well. You know, so sometimes celebrities come, they do photo op, photo op, photo op, and they bounce. You were there trying to find, like, a backdoor entrance to trade night. Dude, like, that was amazing. I mentioned me, that. Right? You like, found the back door into trade night for us. I did. Because so like, yeah, the, yeah, the lady was like, you're not allowed in. You pass capacity. And I was like, follow me if you want to get in. <laughs> they saw the German brothers, like, 100 yards away. Sure, He's like, where are they? He goes out. Who left an impression on you? Whether it's a person, a booth, a business. You just mentioned any... the Croatian twins. I am <laughs> the one of the biggest fans of the Croatian twins I've ever met. Uh, because I, what what I think we all love in life is people that truly give zero Fs. I think that's, I think it's rare. True. And I think uh, national is a great reason of the opposite of that, where people hold grudges all year and then see each other and they're like, sure, let's do a selfie. And you're like, <laughs> come on. Um, but <laughs> they, they seemingly do not care about so many things that people care about that have gotten in the last two years. They don't care about pop reports. They don't care. You know, like, like my man's got a, a huge Antoine Walker collection. They're looking at the art of the cards. The, Cyber they were Twan. collecting, they were collecting PSA ones. You know what I mean? So, uh, and I, I really like their art. Like you I do. thought, I thought Yvonne's art is phenomenal. Um, in terms of other people that I met that la that gave a, a lasting image. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I was just he's thinking. Hooked, he's thinking. They hooked it up real hard for a whatnot show. They hooked it up with all these like little stickers. Yeah. And, uh, we throw them into the packages for our community. People love them. I know who I'm going to give credit to. I'm also going to give credit to my guy Zablo because I think that while a lot of people could talk about Atlantic City and stuff, him putting together that night on Monday and then organizing a bus to get everybody down there, I think is really what the hobby is all about. And I think you talked about all the corporate money and all that stuff. The fact that everyone is trying to make a dollar and this man has created the only place where you go where you don't feel like you're being sold anything, I think is very rare. And I think that a lot of these companies uh, – could use a lot of their goodwill that I think putting the bleaker trading name on something does matter to people. It's almost like a badge of like trust, like we're in it for real. And I think that a lot of places should be holding events there because there's a lot of collectors on the East coast with nowhere to go. And so I just shout out my guys Zab because I thought what a, what a, you know, even when that kid got lost and I don't know what the story was with that, he's out there being like, we got to find him. And I was like, man, that's what a good guy. The more I hear about that I mean, story, the more I think that kid is a legend. This is how I mean? heard it. So there's always a change of shifts, right? So there's ladies that clean rooms, right? And there's a change. Of, so he didn't have a room. What you could do is let's say you have a date. You don't have a room. You don't want to go home. So you're like, I got us the penthouse suite. So you go, go up to the top of Bally's penthouse area. He went the to the penthouse? The maid goes this right. Andrew's you, version. You, you and the lady go to the left. You have yourself an evening. <laughs> this is the on-screen do, do not disturb. 
<laughs> so you sneak in when the room's being cleaned? Yeah. Got to do it. Hey, maybe do. slipper a hundred. You got to take care of you. You got to take care That's of That's what you know? think happened. Oh, I know it happened. And I don't even think there was just two people there. I think it was him and two ladies. So awesome. you better quit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I bet, maybe yeah. we'll get him on. Maybe we'll get him on to tell the story. We'll see. We love all the best part of that. We is, were with him. We were with him a couple hours. We before. were last with him. <laughs> like his phone. The last pictures in his phone were us. Like, uh-oh, this is the Atlanta Montana. Video, the video is going to make it out. There's a video up. So good for the kid, man. Isn't that Here's my out? question, Lefko. You ready? That's one of the top national experiences you can have. Then yes, the whole yes. world's like sharing your picture, being like, find this innocent yeah, young fun. man. <laughs> and I was he's home. McLovin. He is McLovin when the cops run in. Wow. That is him. I was home Get trying to help out also. <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. We didn't see you cigar night. When we hosted, I felt bad. when we host Cigar Night at the NBA All Star Game, you gonna come? You're gonna do it in Salt Lake City this year. We're gonna we're gonna do it at the Super Bowl. We're gonna do I'm it. That was Cage. That was Cage being like, "Is that really where it is this year?" Yeah, <laughs> I don't know where it is. Yeah, the next the, the next few years for the NBA, it's like Salt Lake City, and then I think Cleveland's coming up. It's and Indy is coming up. It's a, but I'm excited for Utah, but no, I'm down. Of course. Yes, there we go. That's the, that's it. I got a commitment. You know, you look up. I made me you, so, so you're on the NBA a lot, but if I made you the commissioner of baseball and you needed to revitalize oh, the sport, sport. <laughs> oh, no. I agree. I said that I think that sport, if they don't make massive changes in the next 20 years, that sport's going to be gone or a distant fifth, sixth sport in, in, in the world. What do you do to revitalize the MLB? Get baseball oh. cards back. Get the attention, get media going. I don't even look when I go on eBay, I uncheck baseball cards. So like you're talking <laughs> to the wrong guy. Um, but I, I will say this: I'm noticing a number of my friends. I'm 36. I'm noticing a number of my friends that are like watching a lot of baseball. And I think what you begin to realize is like as we get older and as we just have time, you know what I mean? There's something really comforting about being like, all right, baseball fans, hello and welcome to game number 96. <laughs> Old Luis Rodriguez, he's been on a tear lately. Can he keep it up? We'll find out. Stay That's with right. us. Like, there's something like, I think as you get older, you're that like, was a this good is Trump, so much more way. calm. Were you trying you to know? do Trump? That was good. Oh, no. It was yeah, <laughs> Trump. I think that was, that like was Trump a announcing night, baseball. That was, was like a late Trump, night radio Trump doing, Trump Maybe doing, he'll steal second. Was, yeah, maybe Trump he won't. Do, <laughs> I don't know. Trump doing the 2003 Arizona Diamondbacks game is what it sounded like. <laughs> Not <laughs> Randy <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> Lefko, I mean, obviously, you, you have a talent. Like, that voice. Like, there's nothing. No one can, you know, work all Thanks. day to have that that voice, that TV radio voice. Um was there someone that you looked up to as a kid? That you're, like Vince Scully passed away this week. Voice right? related or just overall TV? Overall I TV. Have a name. You can answer yeah. both. Whichever way you want to take it. Well, no, the funny thing about voice is you never think your voice is good because you grow up listening to uh, – there was this dude that used to call Sunday Night Baseball, um, Jim, but he, he would do the – he would do the Giants, and he had the, the deepest voice ever. And it was like, hello, baseball fans. Or like the Kansas City Chiefs guy, touchdown, Kansas City. <laughs> and you're like, I'm never going to have that. And so it's weird. I think it's a little bit like when you're – like I, I had a growth spurt late in high school. 
And I remember when I got to college and the first time a girl was like, oh, I think you're cute. And I was like, I have never heard that before. And they like kind of shook you. You know what I mean? Kind of like when someone goes, you have a great voice. And you're like, I've always wanted a different voice. Somebody, though, that I always wanted to emulate their career was Ahmad Rashad, if I'm being honest. Because when you're a kid growing up, you know, you're, you're what I, I loved Chris Berman and Tom Jackson. You know, I loved Stuart Scott, but Ahmad Rashad was hanging with Michael Jordan at the right. golf course. Ahmad Rashad was smoking a, a, so, a stogie with Magic Johnson. You know what I mean? Like NBA inside stuff. Yeah, he got dunked cool, on by a shack with the glass. Yeah. On. You know what I mean? And, and he would, and it would always be laughing. And so, I feel like that's why I've kind of done a lot of the stuff, whether it's like underrated or I would do podcasts. I, I also like hanging out with athletes and being a newsbreaker ruins that in my opinion, just because like, you never know what they're going to say. And I like looking at athletes and being like, I'm not going to tell this to anybody. Right. You know what I mean? Like pour me a drink. Let's hang out. You ever met a Rashad? I've never met Ahmad Rashad. That's it. Let's make this happen, Andrew. But but if you guys watch Ahmad Rashad and Michael Jordan interviews, the way he interviews, those are way better interviews, way more in depth. The players open up on a different level because they trust him. There's some yes. of my favorite interviews where I think Ahmad Rashad's walking through like a museum with Jordan. Uh, I, I think believe that you you guys could Google uh, or go on YouTube and find Teddy him. Roosevelt statue comes to life. That's it's a great cop in the museum. But the but the thing about Ahmad Rashad that I didn't realize until later in life was like he was a top ten pick in the NFL. Yeah, like he I was think, a Heisman what? candidate. Yes, think, he was an, an an insanely good wide receiver for the receiver, Minnesota yeah. Vikings. Then there's a clip on Fast. YouTube that you can watch. He proposed to Felicia Rashad live on television through Bob Costas. And Felicia Rashad was on the Cosby show, which is like the largest show ever. And they're in the middle of like a football game parade. And Ahmad Rashad is like, I'd like to propose to Felicia, like to Felicia, I don't remember her name, what it was before. You're right. No, no, dude, you're, you're spot on. Yes. And he proposed and Bob Costas was like, well, this is new. Somebody needs to relay this to Felicia. And so like, <laughs> I never knew as a kid why Ahmad Rashad was there. I just assumed he was a TV guy. I didn't know all of these things have happened. And so that's what's so funny is. Um, add one on. The best thing he yeah, ever did. He was I started as a news reporter. Best. You ever he seen the movie great. Best of the Best? Mm-hmm. The movie Best. It's a karate movie. James Earl Jones. And Ahmad Rashad is in it? Ahmad Rashad is in it. He's what? in it. Karate movie. Oh, yeah, man. Take it. Is Ahmad he Rashad doing is in karate? It. No, it's better. He's basically playing himself, but he's like pretending he knows karate as he's announcing like the world Man, what a kick. What's his name? Eric Roberts, pound for pound, one of America's finest actors. He's in it. Chris Penn, you know, Sean Penn's brother. He's in it. Plays Travis oh, yeah. Brickley. What was Eric's last name you said that was Eric a great Roberts. actor? Eric Roberts. It's Julia, Julia Roberts' brother. brother. I was making a joke. Actor. You know, pound for pound. Julia Roberts. Her, her brother. Eric oh, Roberts. yeah. Best of the best. A team. He plays a good can't creep. be a team if they don't give a damn about each other. So Ahmad Rashad is great because, you, you know, these guys, they pretend like they know what they're doing. He gets up there and he's like, oh, Tong Sung Moon is using a very rare ridge hand technique to break sprints. And I'm like, he don't know what the hell he's Amazing. talking about. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's my Ahmad Rashad. I Last for question for great you. Lefko. <laughs> so you have a million opportunities out there, I imagine, right? You could take a million paths. Do you see yourself in five, ten years as a media personality? you know, as a Stuart Scott and a Ahmad Rashad, that path? 
would you see yourself carving out kind of like the volume with Colin Cowherd and going into the business side of things? Uh, it's interesting because the landscape changes so quickly. Like I would say right before pandemic, I would say the entire media landscape changed because of an influence, an influx of uh, gambling and betting capital. I think a lot of media was in trouble and suddenly FanDuel, DraftKings, PointsBet, Caesars, uh, all these places were competing for market share. And so you get these weird little booms and then everything adapts. You know, I I was talking to a company today that their entire media plan is centered around YouTube because that's where people watch. You know, five, 10 years ago was how do we get people to our platform? Um, so for me, it's like I always want to stay current. I think... What would be great, Andrew, if I could, if it could be nice, smooth sailing, which it never is, is I'd love to do, I'd love to build on to what I'm doing at TNT currently. Um, I think TNT is is one of those brands where and and those places where it really is like a family, and it means so much to me and what I what I grew up watching. You know what I mean, like Barkley and Ernie and all that. Like it's iconic, and so simply to be a part of it right now is a dream. I really hope in this next uh, contract negotiation with the NBA that they see how important TNT is to like the storytelling of the league. That's in like 2024, 25. And so one building out that show and keeping that for the next generation, uh, a place where you turn it on and it's not just highlights and debate. It's also like, let's just hang out and watch sports and, and, and have a great time. And, but I will say that, I love leading creative. I love producing. I love thinking of media plans holistically for like companies and like going, okay, I love building communities. Like one of the things that I loved doing a podcast was building an audience, but by always rewarding them and not making it a one-way street, but like creating that ownership. Um, I just, I think media is going to change a lot in the next 10 years. And I, I, I think right now we're in the influx of athlete-driven community-based content where sure. you're getting a lot of former athletes starting their own shows mm-hmm. and launching their own podcasts and getting paid by these media companies. JJ, um, Pivot, uh, Draymond Green, all the way down yep. the list. Yep. And I think the question for a lot of them is, are they going to want to do this for a long time? Because it is tiring. Everybody has that initial boom where right. everyone's like, insert players podcast is so popular and it, after a while like when you start having to call your friends to book as guests you know you guys know what it's like you and it starts that, being right? like i have to do the the show um like i think the reason pat mcafee has been able to have so much energy he does it with like 10 of his friends and so it's not all on you it's not you know you, you might not even have something that day but someone's going to say something dumb and we can riff I think people need to have teams and I'm seeing a lot of two person podcasts. Can they check their egos? Can they make sure to not get competitive? What about revenue share? Like this is, you know, we just saw Jesus and Miro break up. Like there's a lot of, you know, it's hard to last that long. Um, I'm seeing YouTube shorts being a thing that's very big right now. There's subscription content and it's, will people be ditching television for, so it just changes so much. Um, but I, most importantly, I just want to make sure that I'm commuting, communicating about the stuff that I want to talk about with the people that I would want watching my stuff, if that makes any sense. 
Draymond's interesting. I, I'm curious to see how he evolves because it's all him just going to his like hotel room and just chatting. Listen, he's already TNT, and I'll, I'll, I would I would love to work with him because I think that um, he he's one of those energies that like man, that must be interesting for Steve Kerr to try and focus. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like because that's the thing when you're a, when you're a host in that regard, it ain't about you, and it's about it's so I read this story one time about how players love playing with Rondo because he learns in their shot movement their favorite place to catch it. And that's what I kind of think as a host. It's it's not my job to look smarter than somebody or you know, if somebody ever says a word wrong, I'm not the one correcting it because I'm not gonna be that guy. Like that's just not you know how that's to win the- friends and influence people. You don't want to make people look stupid in there. You have a great mentor too, Ernie, right? Like, I mean, who better to learn from than Ernie Johnson? It's, I always say so. It's sometimes easier to learn from bad teachers because they show you what not to do. Where Ernie, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, he makes it look so easy, you know? Um, But that's what I feel with Andrew. I mean, I get it. I get it. He makes it look so easy. I'm like, the thing you learn from Ernie (laughs) is the power of writing that Ernie takes is very thoughtful. And a lot of people go on TV and they go, let me be raw. Let me make it up on the fly. I I pay money to go see Nope because I know it took them two years to make it. I don't pay money to listen to a podcast because I know that most people are going in there and saying whatever's at the top of their mind. So you, you the, the importance of quality and owning a moment is what you learn from Ernie and also how to treat people with respect. But uh, just Draymond, like he'd be an interesting teammate because every show I'd be like, how do I get him going? How do, how do I get him? How do I get him angry? You know what I mean? Like you got to go, get him going and then reel him in. Oh, you got to do both. Yeah. It's not, it's not making him angry. That's not my job. My job is more asking the question where he's going to be like, <sighs> you know what I mean? What's that trigger? What's that uh, excitement launch pad going to be? So Lefko, there was a three on three basketball game to start kick off national. If Pretty you impressed. are in that game, I was actually impressed with some of the clips that I saw. Would any of them beat you one-on-one to 11? In the sheer fear of being embarrassed, there I would never let it happen. Like, like if need be, I'm gouging eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm popping Achilles. You know what I mean? Like, did you just bring a razor blade out and slice Chris Hoge's ACL? Like, yeah, bro. He took the patella out too. Um, Yeah. I would never let that happen. I just think uh, I'm at that point of life though. I get invited to play basketball in Brooklyn all the time. And I always turn it down. And these guys are always, I'm like, they're like, why? And I'm like, because I don't need to risk injury. I'm 36 years old. What is the benefit of me playing you in basketball? Like, I get a workout. Right. I'll go to the gym. <laughs> I do. You know what? I'm scarred, Andrew. There was a Bleach Report event a few years ago, and we were playing flag football. We were all going hard, and this dude popped an Achilles, and it was like a year and a half rehab. And I just remember after. I just remember after that being like, nope. I'm, "I'm trying to. I'm trying to start a family soon. I got to travel for work. Like the last thing I need is to be like rolled into the desk to sit next to Shaq. Like, so." Uh, I I know this is kind of corny, yeah. but my mind yeah. has got. I've become an old man. I witnessed it. Well, you got to know your money maker, right? You got to know your money maker. Out here, like 
I know. Who cares if you blow out your Achilles? You've already I given know. up. You wear Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. I've already I've already flown the white flag. Cage, you were very gracious this episode. You let me ask a million questions. No, nah, dude. Listen, I can't butt in while he's talking about how it's not not the host's job to look smart. <laughs> he's well, basically telling different. me to shut up. He's basically no. like, hey, hey, be quiet over there, asshole. <laughs> oh, I think we're in I think we're in an interesting time with content in general. So like one of my favorite interviewers is Nardwar. And if you've never seen him, I implore you to look him up on YouTube. N-A-R-D-W-U-A-R. He is a radio uh, DJ out in Canada. He interviews a lot of rappers and he interviews them by giving gifts. And they don't know what, but he finds like the samples for their songs and he gives them the original vinyl. And for the ones that really oh, know how cool. their music is made, it, it creates such a cool conversation. I think we're at a time now where people need to start thinking of different ways to interact with guests. It can't be just, and I'm not saying this about you guys, but it can't be just tell me about your journey. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it needs to be, you know, it's like hot ones. Hot Ones has a different way of doing it. And I, I think um, the hook. I don't know, man. I've been, I've been racking my brain on it for a little bit of just trying to think of a different way because um, your podcast is not about making your guests seem smart. I think a, like what I like about what you do, Cage, is it's like it doesn't feel like a safe space. <laughs> and I think, I think that's important um, so because it's, a, it's a different energy. Can- you think that Larry King era in the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, where it was like, he kind of felt like that he created a safe space where people would come in and open up. I don't know, bro. He used to ask, he used to ask hard hitting questions. But Lefko, here's the problem though, right? Okay. I go, I go out there. People want to take pictures with me. You know, people have <laughs> podcasts. People are like, you know, oh, wow, it's Cage. They talk about all the podcasts. I don't get invited on other people's stuff. I think it's, yeah, I think it's because I don't provide a safe space. And the last thing somebody wants is me to create an unsafe space on their own. Whose podcast are you disappointed you haven't? It, does, it doesn't matter. No one has asked. I got a whole no, on one. like one wrestling. I would love to I would love to see Cage on the crossover because so we've had Chris and Josh here. Ooh, but it's that, that home in, it's that home in a way, right? It's that home that would in a way. I'm excited to I'll see do how that. they're hosting and Cage is the guest, how that dynamic would change then the mm. same as I'm kind of an idiot, though. Like they're they're very <laughs> smart. They're very like academic. So look, I wouldn't really. I, I always bring it up it. because I always bring it up because it impressed me. Ho, when I was doing a podcast for Bleach Report, Ho's got on as a guest because he sent me an email with five topics that he felt good talking about, with detailed breakdowns and like almost headlines. And I think this is just like a thing for all people. Like if you really want to be on other people's podcasts and stuff, solve problems that they didn't even know they had yet. Like, come on, be like, hey, I have an idea for like, I'm not even kidding. I'm going to do this to Dan Patrick as soon as I get off off of this. I'm going to hit him up and be like, hey, I have an idea for a segment. I'm just going to pitch something because they might say, yeah, no. But if they go, damn, you're coming out with content for us. And then what if that becomes like a weekly thing? But that's just a way of uh, reverse engineering you becoming a guest on a podcast. You've always done that. Because you always say that I should do the cage segment, the cage match. Ask somebody a really uncomfortable question. Tell them they can step yes. in the cage. They don't. I have watched to. you do it at the dinner. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> Who did you ask a question? What was the? He didn't even do it, Andrew. <laughs> They're going around and being like, "Let's get input from people in the media," and they like look at me and I look at my Crocs and I'm like, "Not this guy." And Cage is like, "I'll take it. I'll take and it." He, up. <laughs> he just goes up there and he's media. like, he's, 
<laughs> I'm I'm not going to say I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was like that company needs to work on those things. You should invest in better products and you should do this. And everybody was like, but everyone's like, I guess he's telling the truth. <laughs> yeah. Very authoritative. And yeah. in one sentence, I managed to insult three people in the room yeah. about their mm -hmm. collections. They all came over. What are you doing? <laughs> so last question. I'll let you go. So you, did you ever watch Entourage, Lefko? Uh, in the beginning. I watched okay, like the, the first beginning. two seasons. And then all those shows, once they start going too much into like, what are you doing here, Ja Rule? Then I was like, okay. He's <laughs> okay. planning. Well, and like, music I, it has, we're humans. We all have our emotions. Sometimes we're not feeling it. Do you, you know how Johnny Drama, before an audition, he would go, oh, yeah. What is your version of mm. that when you're not feeling good and you're, you need to go out on TNT and bring it? I, okay, so I used to do this when I was in Louisville. I remember doing it for the first time. If you take a pen or a pencil and you put it in front of your teeth, it is the same shape in which a smile is formed. And it is scientifically proven that when you smile, dopamine is released and more positivity comes out. So when I was doing local news in Kentucky and I was like, what is happening with my life? I would go like this and it makes you like whatever. Also, a lot of times what I would do is I would make myself laugh like three seconds before I went on air. So it'd be like in in Kentucky, it would be like, and make sure you come down to Raymore and Flanagan for the new lazy boy combo at only $9.99. And then it would dip to black. And then I would go, <laughs> and then it'd be like, bam, 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 sports. And then I would come on and I would be laughing. And it it was like a different like uh starting point. Whereas if it starts off when you're sitting there, you're like, Hello, everybody. And it's like weird. It's like I'm, right. I'm at a whatever. But if you're coming on, you're like, we are in the action. It, it's just a different launching point. Um, if I'm on set with people, so like TNT, when they're like 15 seconds, I fist bump everybody. And then I look at whoever I think is the most nervous because usually they're making eye contact. And I just go, let's fuck them up. <laughs> and they laugh because they're like, we're doing television. Like that was completely <laughs> unnecessary to say. Like we're not facing anybody. We're not beating anybody. And then um, sometimes if I'll like look around, because I don't use teleprompter on TV. Um, and I'll, look I'll, I'll make I'll make <laughs> eye contact with like somebody while I'm doing the intro. So like, let's say they're showing you know, over an arena and then they're showing like Kevin Garnett walking through a tunnel. I don't know why Kevin Garnett would be there. Um, but like, but I'll make, I, I'll make eye contact with like Candace and I'll be like, all eyes were on Staples center tonight. And then she'll just like start laughing because <laughs> um, personally, I, I think what was always great when I watched NBA on TNT is it felt like we were just watching people hang out. Right. And so it, I, I really try to remove as much TV bureaucracy nonsense as possible. You know, I don't want to say hello and welcome to NBA on TNT to welcome. You know what I mean? It's like we're, we're already having fun. You, you just came late. Welcome to the party. So I do that stuff right before I go on air. I think our audience got their money's worth today. We started off talking you know, about businesses, corporate, how they're doing things in the hobby and how they're working together. Uh, we had some laughs in the middle and that last 20 minutes if what's cool is so many people in this hobby are influencers, are podcasters, are, I think we're all in one way or another television personalities because now this is the median uh, that we deliver our message. So there's so much tactical stuff like this little one, like 
putting the, a pen in your teeth that makes you smile. It, it's it'll tricking help you your brain into thinking it's totally dopamine. I love it. I like it. It's I mean, um, it's an interesting. I little... think, uh, and the thing to always remember too, I got a little Machiavelli quote for you: Ooh. "A sign of intelligence is an awareness of one's own ignorance." You'll never completely have anything down, and like it, I think the the key to all of us to making content, to being good at building a PC, to building a company, all that is to always remain curious. You have not figured it out. It is not over yet. You haven't, not even Carvin knows everything. Okay. Even though he's, you know, knows everything about cards and what stock they are. And I think it's, it's the just exploring and having fun is the reason we got into all of this. We did not start a podcast in order to please sponsors. You, you know what I mean? You didn't start collecting cards to pay for a house. Certain things just kind of came with it, you know, but, um, I, I check out if I, I guess I came here as an alt representative. I, I sometimes forget that, but I would say, check out this auction. Uh, there's a lot of good cards on it. I, the other card that I secretly won is this contenders championship ticket. One of one Tyrese Maxi. Hmm, I think cool card. he's, he's a badass. And talk and about fun. The dude the, always has a smile on his face. He, he's brought a lot of joy to that team. I saw a clip of him doing an interview that said he works out at least two or three times before 11 a.m. And he single-handedly got James Harden to try. And so, you know, I think uh, there there are people like that that you go, I'm willing to bet on them because of the work ethic. It's like, like, would you rather have Giannis or, I don't care, give me Giannis. Like Giannis, Giannis is never going to get in trouble. Giannis is going to bust his ass. Like there's certain guys that you're never worried about being let down. There's also a lot of Kentucky love in the hobby too, from you to uh, Jimmy to Kentucky Roadshow guys. That you know, Maxie will always have a fan base. Also, plus he seems to be a good guy. I'm more of a Louisville guy. Before, eh, it's all right, Louisville. No, you have no. I just told you about the rivalry. If I saw Jimmy, it's a huge rivalry. Oh, it's disgusting. Which is good though. Is he going to the Knicks? I feel like Ru- the Rudy Gobert trade ruined everything. I feel like nobody knows what to trade anymore. That's right. It's you true. Know, I think I think we're waiting. To be honest, on I still think the KD thing is holding up a lot of other moves because I think Miami's not going to move for Donovan Mitchell if they still think KD is a possibility, and I think Miami would go after Donovan Mitchell if KD wasn't a possibility. So it's um, we're in that weird quiet time where I feel like in, in preseason NFL week three, a big NBA news thing is going to hit. But we'll exactly. See. Listen, let me tell you something. One thing I don't agree with that you, you said here, um, but it'll be Ooh. in a nice way. You said, you know, at the end here, you, you, you forgot basically that you came on as an old representative. So let me talk about this, the whole deal we talked about, like, you know, behind the scenes, you name it. My correction for you is I think by you being you, by doing this type of content, by telling these stories and giving the folks who are listening to this that kind of an episode, the kind we've never had before, the kind I've had more fun here than I probably have had in a long time, I think that makes you a very good representative of all because I think it's what they're trying to put forward, right? You know, people are supposed to be having fun. It's a hobby. We're supposed to be having fun on it. So I think, you know, instead of being a a stuffed shirt, instead of pushing you name it, you just being you, I think is the best representative that you can be for all. So keep that up. I'll tell you what, we need to cuddle after that. That was... <laughs> Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now, nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. 
If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.